Hello, hello, and welcome to the Big Hearted Podcast. My name is Victoria Edmund, and I am your host. Our aim here at the Big Hearted Podcast is to nurture a community of heart-centred educators to change the perception and delivery of early childhood education and care in Australia and ultimately around the world. We want you to be inspired by our guests and the topics we bring to you to think of new ways of being as an educator. We want you to feel a sense of belonging via this podcast so that you can engage any time of the day or night in any place that suits you. We want you to become an educator that delivers education from the heart, as we believe this is how we create great change within our world. So join us as we discover new ways to inspire each other here on the Big Hearted Podcast. Hello and welcome to today's podcast that I am recording from a beautiful spot in Marimbula on the South New South Wales coast. I've done two days of boat of whale watching out on the boat and it's been fabulous. So today is also World Educator Day. So congratulations on having a day named just for you when we all know every day should be for you because the work you do is so valuable and important for both the children and the families that you support and you work with. So it feels a bit naff to say congratulations for having a day named after you, but I think you should be acknowledged every day. And I think also the first person that should be acknowledging you is you. And I want to talk a little bit about that today um, because that really is the core of true, deep self-care. The only person that can instigate self-care for you is you. And in order to have really deep self-care, it requires boundaries and self-motivated boundaries too. So it requires you to be disciplined with yourself in order to do the things that you know are going to bring outcomes that are healthy for you at the end of the day. And Quite often that requires you feeling a little bit of uncomfortable feelings or some that was terrible English, Victoria. It requires you to sit in uncomfortability, sit in discomfort. Holy dooly, perimenopause has got me bad today. Three days off in my brain, I forgot two meetings like that I'd planned with people. Just totally wiped them out of my brain because clearly I really needed to unwind and relax over the last couple of days. So it does require you to be disciplined in doing things that you know are going to meet your highest good. And sometimes that is having difficult conversations. Sometimes that is forcing yourself to get out of bed because you know in the long run, that even though it's nice and warm in your bed and, yep, you might want to have a sleep in, in the long run getting up and moving your body first thing in the morning because it's the only time you get to do it is going to have better outcomes for you over the course of the entire day where sleeping in is just going to be winning something in that moment. Now, sometimes a sleep in is required over getting up and going for an hour walk like granted, but somewhere along the line, 
you know the difference and you know when you are sitting in uncomfortableness and being uncomfortable and being or, or the difference to being comfortable. So sometimes staying in bed longer is going to be comfortable and getting out and doing the movement is going to be uncomfortable and you have to push yourself. So uh, I want to talk about that today in the context of business because in our recent summit, that was the thing that really came out loud and proud uh, through the course of the summit was educators who were not doing the things for themselves but were doing them for everybody else that is straight away a recipe to you being burnt out and then somewhere along the line also feeling like you're doing things for everybody else and nobody does anything for you, nobody helps you out, you get frustrated, you get cranky and then all of a sudden you're 60 and you think, oh my goodness, I've lived 60 years of my life for everybody else and now I've only got the end of my days where I'm creaky and, and old and you know, my knees don't work the way they did. So I can't go and do the things that I wanted to do. And I can't go and play the things that I wanted to play. And all those things happen. And you realize that the best days of your life are in the past and you didn't do anything for yourself. Uh, so I really want you to get that you are the captain of your ship. And if you do things and you make decisions and people get upset, that's okay because how they deal with a change of rules is up to them. It is not your job to make sure everybody else in your life is happy. That's their job. It's your job to make sure you're happy. So I want to talk about that in a business sense today. And so first and foremost, I think you need to have a bit of a dream, have a have a have a a real think about what you want your business to look like. And we need to come back from that too and take a bird's eye view and realize that business is only one part of our lives. We have our personal life, you know, our internal personal world. We have that and we have to maintain that and we have to have hygiene around that in terms of if we've got a friend and I call them psychophants or energy leeches, if we've got a person who hangs out with you and it costs your energy to hang out with them, like all the time, every time, like you go to them and, and all they do is they suck you dry of you go into having to fix things for them. You have to make, like come up with the solutions for them, directions for them, help them do this, help them do that. Like they they suck, they, they leech off you and you walk away feeling depleted. It takes discipline and hygiene to make sure that your world is full of people who add to you, like they can maintain their own lives. And it's really important that we're aware of these people in our lives. And sometimes like 
you're going to have friends that require something from you at times and that's totally okay but they move through those moments of their lives and then you get back into that equilibrium. And sometimes it's going to be you that needs to have support from your friends and your family. And that's okay. That's what we're here for. But if it's someone that's constantly in that cycle of stealing your energy, I guarantee you that the minute you put a boundary up and you go, oh, actually, we've had this conversation before, I actually think we need to move past this or you call them out on that kind of conversation, they'll move on to somebody else because they'll go, oh, the bank's shut. There's no more transactions happening here. There's no more deposits being withdrawn from that person. They'll go and find somebody else and they will never look back. They will never come back and check on how you are. And you'll be like, oh my goodness, I did this and this and this and this and this and this and this for them. Like, Like I don't hear from them now. Like I've got, no, there's nothing else I can give them. So there's there's no reason for them to come and be with you anymore. So we've got to be, this is what I'm talking about, about your internal world and having hygiene around that. You don't have to be in those positions and those situations with people anymore. And it's okay for you to put a boundary up to say, actually, I'm not going to do that this week. Like I, I can't, if you've got teenage children, I can't take you to sport you'll have to organize your own ride to sport because I just I just don't have it in me to do it this week. That's okay. Your teenager is resourceful. I guarantee you if there was a party they wanted to go to or they wanted to go with their friends down to the creek or whatever, they would manage to find their way there. Your teenager is super resourceful. They use you because you're the easy track to get to things and to do things. Whereas if they had to and they wanted to do the things that they were doing, they would find a way there. Okay, so, and I'm not saying that for everybody. I'm I'm just saying that there are times where you can say to your life, I'm not putting anything else on my plate this week because I'm comfortable with what's on there right now. And if I do that, it's going to be too much on my plate. And I don't want to get to the point where there's too much on my plate. I want to be content and comfortable with with what's on my plate. So therefore I'm saying no to that for now and be okay with that. And that's all right. And this is what it comes down to having your inner world hygiene. And it's a really important thing because in family daycare, our business is in our home. And so there's never a separation between work and home. And it's really important that we get very, very clear on what those boundaries for us are and what they mean and what they look like. So in order to do that, you have to take a bird's eye view. So you have to look at your business as one part of your life, your your internal world as another part of your life, your family as another part of your life, your social um like the way you interconnect socially with people, your friends, your other outside family, you know, not your immediate family. Uh, All these things play a part in your life. They can't all be running at the same time. So you have to create time to be in all of those. At one point or another, one of those particular Um, parts of your life is going to be singing louder than the others, but the others all play a supporting role, right? So we've got to be really clear about that. 
and and really look at it and put things in place for ourselves. And, and we're going to do a planning day towards the um, probably November, uh, October, November, where we do a planning day. Uh, it'll be actually November where we plan all the things for the next year because there were so many times educators are like, oh, I haven't planned holidays, so I don't take them. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> your internal world never gets to recalibrate and reset itself. Like we have to do this. We have to create this space for ourselves. If we don't put it down in writing, it is never going to happen. And if it does, you're always going to feel guilty because all those other voices are singing louder than this particular voice, whereas each each voice or each part of our life must take the leading role at some point, otherwise it's imbalanced. So what we need to do is we need to dream big, but we have to pace it right. And in order to dream big, we have to come back and take a bird's eye view. So if that interests you, just keep your eyes peeled for November. We will be doing a planning day for 2024 and it will help you to become ensuring that you are having a lead role for each of those areas of your life. And sometimes they're going to interconnect too. So anyway, we'll go into that, but it's okay to do that. In fact, it's essential. It's essential so that you create this balanced life moving forward because this is what I heard in the summit where so many educators just really struggled with boundaries because they didn't know how to put them in place. So I'm going to teach you how to put them in place and then the challenge will be for you to stick with that and have the discipline to stick with it because when you get to the end of next year, if you stick to it, you're going to have so much more energy and so much more fulfillment and enjoyment in your life rather than being without the discipline of putting yourself first. So it is, it's a funny, funny dynamic, that one, but so worth doing. And it is a journey to get there. It really is. Um, so in order to do that too, we have to also know what our values are. And so that'll be part of this planning day is, is touching in with the things that are really important to you and making sure that those accents uh, really create the tone of your life. It also helps you when setting boundaries to know what your values are, because sometimes there could be, you know, something that, that, someone comes up and asks you and you go, yeah, actually I can be flexible around that. Or actually, no, that's taking me further away from where I want to go. And I'm not interested in facilitating that. And thank you, but no, thank you. I can't, I can't facilitate that right now because I have enough on, I, I'm comfortable with what's on my plate right now. And I'll just let that opportunity pass by just for now. I might, I might pick that up later, but just for now, thank you for thinking of me. But uncomfortable with what's on my plate right now. So you can't you can't really do that effectively if you're trying to please everybody else and not yourself. Right? You can't put your decisions first and what's going to fill your cup up first if you're constantly busy trying to fill everybody else's cup up while yours is draining and hemorrhaging. So we have to stop that. We have to really put things in place. And to do that, it's really helpful to know what your values are because when you know that you're um, not meeting your needs, 
the first thing you do is come back to your values and you can go, okay, so yeah, I really value alone time or I really value doing, doing, you know, movement for my body or I really value going to the choir. So connection is a really deep value of mine. So when I'm feeling depleted, I go, oh, I haven't been to sing at my church choir for several weeks now. I I, I want to go back to do that because that fills my cup up. Or I want to go um, and do yoga in the sun in wintertime because that's going to really fill my cup up and be deep deeply nourishing for myself, for my soul, for my body, for my being. Uh, But I've got 16 kids here on the weekend. How am I going to make that happen so that I can be present for those 16 kids? Can, Can you see how this all starts to work? Like you start to be able to go, okay, so my values are this and the things that really connect me back to myself are this, when I'm feeling stretched thin, my go-to is going to be to come back to these things, doing these things and meeting these needs and, and, and honoring these values I have are the quickest way to me feeling like I'm more balanced again. And that gives you the energy. So this is, this is how it all works. And it's, it is about that deep self-care and, and, you know, I've said it a million times, deep self-care isn't having a bath or uh, putting a facial mask on. Like there is a place for that, but deep self-care is, is having boundaries. Deep self-care is having discipline and sometimes doing the things we want to do can require discipline to make us go and get up in winter in the in the middle of the dark <laughs> morning at 4:30 a.m. and drive to the gym or whatever because you know that once you go and do that movement or once you go and go for that walk that silent solitary walk your the rest of your day is set like you know that you've okay I've done that for myself it's been deeply nourishing or I've meal planned and it's meant that I'm organized and I've got nutritious food and options here for myself. Or I made the time to go to the choir practice because that really, although I was tired and I had to push myself to go there, but once I got there and I did the choir practice, I just felt so full. You know, like it requires us to have that discipline sometimes. And it is that discipline around saying to your family, I'm not going to be here on Wednesday nights. Nobody's going to get to go to sport. Uh, because Wednesday nights are my night and I'm going to do the things that I love to do. So you're all going to have to sort yourselves out. Someone else is going to have to organize to cook. Someone else is going to have to organize to blah, 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 whatever it is. I don't know and ask me to do anything for anybody on a Wednesday night because it's just not happening. It's just not happening because that's my night and that's totally okay. And that's how you start meeting your self-care needs. And you should be assertively assertively making space for that because when you start doing that in your own personal life it becomes easy to do it in business too or perhaps you're the other way around and when you start putting these boundaries in place within your business because from the summit that's what what majority of people were struggling with having boundaries within their business and speaking those boundaries so if it's easier for you to practice within your personal life putting boundaries in place, lovingly speaking those boundaries and not being attached to how other people are responding to those because your boundary is your boundary 
and how they react and respond to your boundary is their business. If you don't want to be touched, if you don't want your children in your bed anymore because you're touched out, you're overstimulated from your day and you're like, you're eight now, you should be sleeping, able to sleep in your own bed. I don't want to have you here anymore. There is nothing wrong with saying that and putting a boundary in place. You can lovingly enforce that boundary. It might mean that you put a mattress on the floor for your your child. Like you can sleep in my room, that's fine, but I need to have space and I want to have my bed without your knee in my back or your elbow in my face because you're a kid and you sleep sideways in the bed. (laughs) I remember those days and I remember being like, oh, I'm so sick of people touching me. Just I want my space. Like that is a need and and that is a valid response for some people. Some people it's not going to matter to them. But for you, if you're feeling touched out, It's okay to say, no, I don't want anybody to touch me now because I can't give you what you need in this moment anyway. So let's compromise and find a way that you can get what you need and I can get what I need. But if they get upset in that process, that's their stuff to process and it's not yours. So it's the very same with our business too. If you say my hours are five o'clock and you've got a family that's constantly late, you can say to them, you need to be here by five or I'm calling your emergency contact and they need to come and collect. If you're going to be late or there's traffic, you know, you're probably aware if there's traffic because there could potentially be, um, you know, news alerts and Facebook stuff. I know I get it in my community all the time. Uh, I get alerted to that sort of stuff. So I know if it's genuine, right, you might have a parent that says, oh, I've got to go up to Brisbane. And like, I know that I I can't leave Brisbane until 4pm. So I know for 100% I'm going to be late. Is that going to be a problem for you? You have the option to say actually, yes, because Wednesday night is my night and I go and do whatever it is that I do. The latest I can work to, I can have your child here is quarter past five before I leave at 20 past five to go and do my thing. That gives the parent the opportunity to then organize something outside of their world, Right. But if you say no, that's okay. That's up to them to sort out. And they will because they have no other choice. They have no other option. And your work hours are your work hours. I don't ever get to ring Coles and say, hey, Coles, I got stuck in Brisbane traffic uh, and I can't get there until 9.30 tonight. Can you stay open for me? They're going to go, no, we close at 9. Sorry. Stop at the IGA or like, Go to a different Coles. Like, like, no, I'm not staying open. They don't feel bad for saying that to you. Why do we take that on? Why do we say that that's okay? Because it isn't. It isn't okay. Your work hours are your work hours. If you can be flexible, sure, be flexible. But don't feel bad if you can't. That's their life that they have to organize. It's not yours. It's also not your responsibility. And it's the same with illness. We can be flexible where we can. And we also have to be aware that sometimes we can't be flexible and it's just not going to work. So 
that's a a, a very big self-care thing as well. Um, so what this then goes into when you realize that your what your values are and what your boundaries are within your life and your business, it also makes it easier to then start looking at the process of when you're taking families on. And this is really important because what you can do is you can ensure that you're having the conversations and asking the questions that are going to qualify people within your business. Like how do you put your child to sleep? If you know you've got other babies within your service and taking on another young child who may have uh, issues with sleep, in that their parent nurses them to sleep or they go to sleep on the boob all the time. Like, you know that you can ask these questions and qualify this parent. And if this parent says, oh, yes, I breastfeed my baby to sleep, straight away, that's going to be a really difficult process for you to get through, like immediately. So knowing that, you can then sort of say, okay, well, if you're looking to start in the next two months, if you want to start with me, the things that you're going to have to look at doing is not breastfeeding your child to sleep any longer. You need to come up with some other ways that are going to help your child because them transitioning into daycare with me, where A, I can't breastfeed your baby and B, I can't necessarily nurse your child to sleep all the time is going to be a really important conversation that you have with them because it makes a difference, right? Because it's going to either make your job harder or you're going to need to have different strategies in place, in which case you want your families, you want to know your families are going to work with you on that. If they're going to say to you, well, I don't want to do that, well, then you can straight away say, well, I I don't think it's going to work. You're going to make it really difficult here by doing this for your child. Are you really ready to have your child come into care? We want to set your child up for the easiest transition possible. In my expert opinion, or in my uh, years of experience, these are the things that I see are really important and things that will help your child to transition the easiest way possible. So when you have your values set and you know what your boundaries are and you've considered all the different areas of your work and you have different boundaries in place for those, you can share those boundaries in those first meetings that you have with the families. That will very quickly tell you if you guys are going to align well together. It will also make sure that you can weed people out very, very quickly. And as Shelby said, if you haven't watched Shelby's talk and you're a VIP person in the masterclass, uh, sorry, in the VIP summit, oh, my goodness, if you are a VIP member of the summit and you haven't watched Shelby's session yet, Shelby said something that was so profound in there. And that was that if that not all money is good money. So sometimes you're going to interview families and they're going to be red flagging everywhere for you. You're so desperate to take people on. Sometimes what you're doing is inviting drama in. You're inviting difficult conversations. You're inviting all these difficult things to happen. Is it really worth it? Or are you better to wait another week or two or three to have a less drama-filled life? Like this is where we're at, right? So we really want to nail our first meetings with our families because, and you can only do that when you're really clear on your boundaries and your values. So this is why it's such an important conversation. Um, So it saves you time in the long run too, and it saves you having difficult conversations 
It really does prevent those tricky conversations. Uh, and um, I think they're vital conversations to be able to have before you go into agreement with people, before you accept them and you go into partnership with them. It's really like great to have everything clearly laid out. So having a really robust parent handbook for yourself is very, very valuable because you can send that to families when they're inquiring. Hey, oh, great. You're interested in having a look at my care. This is what I do with educators. Have you read our handbook? And they go, oh, no. Oh, fabulous. What I'll do, just send me your email address. I'll flick over my handbook over to you. You can have a read of it. Once you've had a read of it and you've decided, yeah, we will, we would definitely align or I love what they're talking about, blah, 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 blah. Then they will, then I say, once you've had a read and you want to progress from there, let me know and we'll go from there. We'll organize to meet up, right? So many educators read that we have a no screen policy in our service and, and they'll like, oh, so can I, can I watch like Bluey? And I'll be like, nope, we like, why, why would we do that in family daycare? If they say, if we discover some bugs in the garden and we want to research those, that's completely different to sitting them down and watching a movie or watching Bluey episodes um, <clears throat> or, you know, doing yoga, a guided yoga on the telly so that children can see the person. But even then I kind of think, well, why wouldn't you just demonstrate that for the children? Why wouldn't you watch it and then demonstrate that for the person? I personally think children have enough of that in their lives that when they come to family daycare, we have a real opportunity to give them deep interpersonal relationships between a human being, you and another human being, the other children in their care, that there really isn't any space for movies and TV in our service. So that's that's one of those alignment things. That's a boundary within our service. So educators will read that and they'll be like, nope, I love watching my Friday afternoon movie with the kids. That's a no for me. And that's okay. It's nothing personal. I don't take it personally when an educator doesn't come with our service. I actually respect them as a person because I go, right, you're in line with your values. I'm in line with my values. We know they aren't going to meet. So all power to you, friend. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking with you. If that ever changes for you, let me know. You know, like... It's, it's as simple as that. And I think it's, it can save a lot of time and it can save a lot of hassles because you could imagine me as a coordinator rocking up to one of my educators and there they are watching TV or watching a movie with the children. And that educator's not engaged with the children. That educator's sitting off on the corner of the room, scrolling on a TV, on a, on a you know, in Instagram or whatever. Like that's not okay with me. If the children are resting and you're scrolling, all good, whatever. You, you know, you've done your thing. You've done your time with them. You're having some you time. You're having a bit of a relaxation, a bit of a regeneration and a rejuvenation of yourself and the energy that you've expended through the morning and the children are resting. They don't need you actively in that moment. Yep, you're doing your 10-minute checks, sleep checks. That's great. What you do in between there is completely up to you, Right. But if, you, if you're just letting the, the TV babysit the children, that doesn't work for me. So and that was a really long time to spend on that, so sorry. <laughs> but I just really want you to understand that being sure and clear 
right from the very beginning can save you so much time because if I rocked in, I would have to say to that educator, that's a no-go, and then we're having a difficult conversation. And then that educator feels like either one or two things. They feel either bad, like they've been caught out, which they have been, but they shouldn't feel bad, Um, but they've been caught out doing the wrong thing within our service, quote, unquote, or they're going to get cross with me because who the heck does she think she is coming into my business telling me how to run my thing, blah, 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 blah. So it sets it up right from the very beginning that there's going to be a conflict there of some description, whether that creates an internal conflict for that educator or it creates a conflict where they don't like what I say or what I do, Right. But at the end of the day, when you align yourself with a service, you're going into their game. And this is why it's so important that educators and services align with their philosophies and their values, right? So this is the same. When families come into your business, they're coming into your game and there's certain rules and and, and boundaries that must be upheld and adhered to. And this is where things are coming, like falling down because educators aren't clear with their boundaries. They aren't clear with their values. They aren't able to hold these spaces unapologetically and assertively. And this is causing educators to then leak and to hemorrhage their energy because then they go into trying to keep everybody happy and it doesn't work. It doesn't work, not for the long term anyway. It's not sustainable for you. It's not a sustainable business model and we have to put these things right. So taking families on board, you should be really clear and confident in what it is that you do. If you're not clear and confident in what it is that you do, you need to come on to our planning sessions, our seasonal planning, because I teach you how to do less Doing less means the children do more. Doing less in your what you provide for the children in terms of setups and all that sort of thing means the children do more. It means there's less input required from you, which is the, the aim of the game. This is how we do a child-led program. There are certain things that you need to organize and put in place, and that's your intentional teaching. And that's what we teach in the seasonal planning. And I teach you how to do that and and set it up weeks in advance so that you're more organized. You know what's coming up. You know what's expected. You know what you're working on for those goals, for those children. And it's a beautiful system. It means you do less. So when you do less, it means that you have more time to do your observations, to follow up things that you want to follow up. Perhaps you might even do some further study all these sorts of things. It gives you more time, right? So it means that you know what's already coming up. So when you're interviewing new families, you can say, I'm working on a child with uh, gross motor skills. Uh, I'm working on a child with, um, we're really focusing on being recess ready, as Dave Jerob talked about in our summit, being recess, recess ready, what that means within your service. How does that look? How does that play out? What you're doing is you're putting yourself as the expert within your program because you should be the expert within your program because it's your program. You're having to plan and put these things in place for the children in your care. So you should know what you're doing. You should be able to talk about it. 
And this is all the things that you'll learn in our seasonal planning sessions, which is so important for educators to understand because the minute you're confident in what you're doing, that goes further forward. It means that you're putting out the best first impression you can to your families. When you put yourself in that expert position, your families are less likely to question you. They're less likely to question you as well when your boundaries and your values are clear and they run everything, like everything is so available. It's clear, it's understandable, right? So this is really important. It's super important when you're interviewing families and putting new new systems and, and boundaries in place too, you can be transparent as to why that's happening. You might at the beginning of every winter, because we all know illnesses come up every winter. So you can then say to your families, okay, families, it's coming to that time of year again. Just a gentle reminder around runny noses or gastro or children just feeling unwell, all those sorts of things. You know, you can put that in place. You can have that conversation. It's a gentle reminder. And therefore, when you put the gentle reminder out to the whole, it opens the conversation up to individuals as well so that you can then just, well, I did send out our policy last week. Uh, you're, you're turning up with a runny nose. I'm just going to say to you that if I need to wipe your child's nose more than four times or five times in the hour, I will be sending them home just so that you know and do it, follow through with it because you only have to do that a couple of times and they get the message. They either get the message or they self-select out, in which case it saves you having to have that tricky conversation. But you have had that conversation hopefully with them in the beginning when you are onboarding them, which means it's easy to refer back to that conversation. Oh, do you remember when we first started, we talked about the illness policy. I did give you a copy of the illness policy. What it says in there is if I have to wipe your child's nose more than five times in the hour that I send them home because it's not manageable for me. Because I've got three other children and when your child puts snot all over our resources, it means that I have to clean all of that. And it just tells me that your child's, nervous system isn't working the way it should be there a little bit under the weather and rather than get everybody else sick that's that's my that's my rule if I have to wipe more than five times in an hour they go home until they can blow their nose themselves or whatever is the case you know but it's a sign that their body is under duress so rather than being in pre in kindy unwell that's that's the rule and it like that's it. That's just it. There's no argument. That's just it. If they don't like that or that doesn't suit them, they don't have to stay or they find someone else to look after their child when their child's unwell. If you do that and you're consistent, you don't have runny noses in your service. Or if someone says, oh, but so-and-so has got a runny nose. Yep. And this is the first time I'm wiping it this hour. The same rule applies to them. So it's very easy to get around that kind of conversation. So setting things up so they work for you too is really important and should be the first thing that you do when you are putting your business in place. So every year or for the last couple of years, I've planned my my plan and I put my holiday breaks in first. And I don't, I don't mess with those. Sometimes I've had to shift them a little bit around to suit something else that's come up, but on the whole, like this point now. I knew I was doing the summit 
And I planned a leave afterwards because I knew I was going to need it to regenerate myself. And and I have. I've really enjoyed the couple of days off that I've had. I've been whale watching. It's been fabulous. I've forgotten meetings that I just little bits that I had put in there because I could do them because I had a lot of space to be able to facilitate that. It's not working per se. So this is what I want you to be able to get to do too. So uh, this came up too and Gree Powers had a fabulous suggestion that she did her family interviews on a Saturday. So she got to see how that family interacted with their children. How did they direct their child? Did they let their child just trash her place? Well, probably not a family that you want to invite in who, because it says they don't have boundaries at home as well. It says that there's going to be a lot of work for you to do to, to ensure that that child knows how to behave in your space. She also does the the interview on the Saturday because then she feels like she's got uninterrupted time with that family. She's actually able to really talk with them without three or four other children running around where she needs to stop and, and, and instigate conversation over there and, you know, there's lots of distractions happening. So it means she can sit down and go through the paperwork with them and assist them to help it, help them fill it in if she chooses to give them the go-ahead straight away. Um, so there's lots of benefits to doing uh, interviews in, at times that suit you. Maybe you know Tuesday is a really cruisy day for you, so you might invite families to come on a Tuesday. If a family says, oh, I only want to come on the Friday, and you know you've got four children that just are so high energy that there's no way you could really facilitate a meeting on that day. Sorry, Friday isn't going to work for me. I've got a cohort of children in on the Friday that require my 100% attention. I'm not going to be able to give you the attention you deserve. Friday isn't going to work for me. And they'll magically find another time because they are looking at your service. So they will meet with you at a time that suits you, right? You don't have to open your books up to suit them all the time. And this will be also an indicator of how flexible they can be when wanting to use your service. Your service isn't there to be open to them willy-nilly to meet every single need they have. There has to be a working balance. So like client-centered care is gold, absolutely. You can meet them so much more effectively and efficiently when it's on terms that suit you, right? How good would an interview be on a Friday when you've got four rambunctious children that will climb the walls if you aren't holding space for them? How how effective would you be in providing a great level of service for that family when you are completely distracted? That's not meeting their needs well, Right? You need to put things into a context where you can provide the best service you can provide, but it's got to be in these times because that is when works for me. So these are really important fundamental things that we have to be comfortable with doing and saying and putting in place because if we want to offer these beautiful experiences for families, 
We've got to ensure that we are filled up A, first, and B, that it's in alignment with our values and our boundaries, and C, it's at a time that's going to be able to mean you can meet them more effectively and efficiently and be completely present with them. So I hope that gives you things to think about. I hope that puts things in perspective for you so that your needs are met and so that you feel like you can go, oh, actually that makes sense. Because it makes sense, it's going to be easier to put in place. I really need to work out what my values are. I really need to work out what the boundaries are going to be based on my values based on my life, based on the part of my life that is needs to be met in that moment, right? So I really want you to be brave and to be bold and to trust yourself and to put you first. And that may mean having to do some, um, you know, boundary setting at home with your own family too. And it's okay to do that. You do a disservice by not having boundaries in place for your own family, by not having that discipline to do your own self-care and fill your own cup up first. It's such a backward way of thinking. And as women, we're put into that position all the time. You, you know, in the 50s, it was you stayed home with your children, you, you, you know, you cooked all the meals, you were responsible for the entire running of the house, for all the children, all the appointments, blah, 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 blah. You know, and then things started changing and women started having to work. Their workload didn't decrease. They maintained all of that and then added work into the mix as well, right? So now we're at that point and I've seen it in my own life. Like I was a stay-at-home mom. Like I, I was fortunate to be able to stay home with my children and I didn't have to work. But then I did have to work and none of my household duties changed. <laughs> they stayed the same. So I was working two full-time jobs at the same time. Like my, my husband was great. He was working away a lot at that time though. So it was just what had to happen. Now I can see though that when he stopped working away, <laughs> my role didn't change any. He just got to live this great life, like continue living this great life where meals were put on the table for him and blah, 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 blah. You know, like, so we had to have some serious conversations around that and adjust things and put things in place. And that wasn't easy. It was not easy at all. It was, I've talked about it in the past, the washing debacle, <laughs> the great washing debate which ended up me saying, well, if you don't like the way I do it, you do it. I'm never doing it for you again. And I haven't. I haven't washed clothes for my kids for years or my husband for years now. Uh, but, you know, it took me getting to the point where I was like, Rah! with my family, which is not ideal. So we don't want to get to that point. We want to instigate these changes gently. And, and we want to be really clear with what we want to do. I want you to be clear. I want you to be empowered. I want you to be okay with putting yourself first because everybody else is putting themselves first and you should too because you're here for one life and I want you to be happy and I want you to be joyful and I want you to love what you do and you can only do that if you're filling your own cup up first. 
So with that note, my friend, I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope that you've had a lot of aha moments. Happy World Early Childhood Educator Day. It's a blessing to know you and I'm so glad that you're in my world and I aim to inspire you all the time and help you to see things differently and run incredible businesses that fund the lifestyle that you want to live because that's why we go into business for ourselves. So have a beautiful day. I hope that you know how valued you are. I hope you know how wonderful you are. And I hope that everybody has had a moment today where they felt special and honoured. And uh, if that comes from this podcast, then I'm happy. All right, my beautiful friends, have a wonderful day. Wherever you're listening from, whatever you're doing, enjoy knowing that you can steer your own ship. Until next week, big love. Hi, friend. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you got a lot out of today's episode. When we work on our own, we can sometimes be in a silo. So having new perspectives and different ways of looking at things is vitally important for the growth of our individual selves and our professional selves as well. We love feedback, so if you felt compelled to share what you thought of today's podcast, we would love to read your thoughts. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcast. That helps our podcast to get out to the wider community. And the more that hear what we have to share, we think the better it is. Thanks so much, friend. We'll see you next time. Till then, big love.